Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road Campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Hallelujah. All right. It's great to be here. How many are happy to be in church this morning? Hallelujah. Well, listen, this coming weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning, we're having another revival weekend. This week, this time is going to be a little different. We're going to start Friday evening uh, with uh, a revival meeting with uh, Kirsten and Jillian Fast. All right. In addition to having really cool names that you have to kind of learn how to pronounce, they're really cool people. All right. I've known them for a few years. They are pastors of Freedom Center in uh, 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 Mississauga, which is a suburb of the Detroit. Uh, I'm sorry, the Toronto. <coughs> They are one of the pillars of the Toronto School of Ministry that many of our uh, people have gone to. They teach on um, a lot of issues, uh, especially relationship issues, relationship-oriented issues. So they're going to come, and we've just asked them to come and give us their, their, their life message and just impart into us. But they're, they're young, they're full of life. Uh, I really want you to get to know them because I've gotten to know them, and they're amazing people. Friday evening. Saturday evening and Sunday morning. Don't miss it. Uh, you'll regret it if you do. All right. We are uh, finishing out the series on Psalms, a playlist for life. How many love that title for the series? I think it's pretty cool. And if, if you don't know, that is an archaic uh, uh, device of, uh, that they used to use in the olden days to record music and audio. It's called a, a cassette. <laughs> But if you're really old, you remember 8-track and vinyl. Uh, it's upside down. <laughs> and you know what a pencil is for. <laughs> All right, so we've been looking at the Psalms and the various types of Psalms. And like any good book, Psalms, the book of uh, Psalms, I, you know, <clears throat> many people think Psalms is the largest book in the Bible. Would you agree? Yes, well, Psalms has the most chapters, but it is not the longest. If you count the number of words, it's Jeremiah, which is not as happy. <laughs> so uh, Psalms all concludes all of those different verses with five chapters of just praise. And we're going to, I'm going to read the last Psalm in the book and the, in the, and as I think Kathy Spaulding shared, that the arrangement of the chapters was, was very intentional, very intentional. They, these are experts in, in Hebrew and in language, but also the story and the history. And there's a reason that it concludes with this. And uh, I'm just going to read this. Matt, can we just read this together? Yeah. And every time the word praise, don't say praise, say praise, you know, give it some gusto. All right, ready? Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. 13 times in that, uh, in that psalm, <laughs> the word praise is used. And it just, it's just emphasizing the importance and the priority of, of praising God. And over this uh, series, we've looked at five different categories of the psalms. Uh, wisdom, <clears throat> computer's not working right. Wisdom were psalms <clears throat> focusing on teaching truths emphasizing God's Word, especially the Torah, the, the first five books of the Old Testament written by Moses, including the Ten Commandments and how those were received. The Torah as fundamental in understanding. So these Psalms are referring back to the record of God's Word from uh, when, when the Psalms were written. That, the, the Torah had been written many, many, many years previous to that. <clears throat> and so they were acknowledging but also putting uh, into uh, a proper place the importance of understanding God's word. In addition, they contrast, wisdom psalms, contrast the lifestyles of righteous with those of the wicked. And so uh, often, sometimes in the psalms, it's almost like a proverbs are, are interwoven in because they're wisdom psalms. They're teaching us good things about life. And then there's thanksgiving. <laughs> The other major category. And these are just joyful expressions of thanksgiving and expressions of gratitude to the Lord for having responded to a prayer request or needs, either from an individual or from a group, the nation. And so offering up thanksgiving, some of the psalms primarily are just psalms of thanksgiving, thanking God for what he has done and, and who he is and his attributes. And then Psalms of Lament. These are poems that express pain, poets' pain, confusion, and anger surrounding horrible things happening around them or to them. It's horrible right now what's happening in the Middle East where hundreds and hundreds of people are dying as two different factions fight over dirt. I've been there. It's not even pretty. I was like, come on, guys, figure it out. And it's, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible that people are dying of starvation in so many places in this world. It's, 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 it's terrible that there are uh, 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 children in our city going to bed at night and having no food, going to bed hungry. That's not right. And it, it's appropriate to lament that and to express our confusion and our anger. It's horrible when bad things happen to us. And it's, it's, it's appropriate to feel uh, the lament when your car breaks down and you don't have money to fix it, when the, a bill comes and you, and you don't have money to pay it, when something happens to yourself or to a loved one, and it's not fair. They get fired or they get a diagnosis from a doctor and you go, why? Why is this happening? Why, God? And those psalms of lament express that, and they draw attention to what's wrong in the world and ask God to do something about it. And some of them end with you know, praise where God intervenes, but some of them don't. 
They just end with, it's wrong and I don't like it. And, and you're just left with this weight. Uh, and that's, that's a good thing. We're going to talk a little more about that the rest of this message. And then there's the royal psalms. These are psalms that celebrate and affirm uh, loyalty to God as king, at times represented by the literal king of Israel at the time. So if it's talking about King David or just the king, um, when it was written, it was giving uh, 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 honor and extolling the, the literal king, the, the man that was on the throne ruling the nation. But it always prophetically spoke of the king of kings, the Messiah, right? Jesus and God's covenant with his people. And so royal psalms are about God as king maintaining his covenantal love and law and promises with his people. And as you praise the king, you're praising the king of king and calling attention to the promises that we have in scripture that Jesus will return. There is a king on the throne and his kingdom will come and, uh, and resolve all of the conflict, uh, 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 bring justice where there's injustice, uh, bring healing where there's sickness and, and sorrow. Uh, this is going to happen. All right, and we're we're declaring our belief in that, and and in a sense spiritually voting <laughs> for the king, and declaring in the spiritual way, God, I'm holding on to the promises that you reign, and even though I'm living in the midst of a generation where it doesn't look that way, you are still king on the throne. So those are the five, uh, or and the last one is praise, which I'll be talking about today. <laughs> So let's jump into that. Um, this chart, which we've used throughout, is it uh, from? Uh, it's from some resource computer program that Bill sent me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Aren't these kind of cool? It's like, wow, man. Nobody agrees. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So the the is that red, orange, something? I don't know. Reddish. Call it red. Uh, those are all the praise psalms, and um, uh, the size indicates the size of the bubble. Some, some significant. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> this, the, no, the size is how much praise is in that psalm. This, this is indicating. And so you'll see that even in the lament songs, which is the larger number of psalms, the bigger circles and the brighter ones actually in those laments also have praise, okay? And, um, and there's hymns and thanksgiving and wisdom. Uh, 119 is like, so it's long. It's got a lot of praise in it. And uh, is it, I may be wrong. Is it the length? The size of the bubble is the longest. Okay, I misunderstood. The size of the bubble is the length, which of course 119 is the longest of the Psalms. And so the, uh, uh, the important, I think it's the, if, they're hi, if they're highlighted, they have praise in them. And if they're grayed out, they don't. So even the laments, all those bright blue ones have praise in the Psalms that are expressing confusion and doubt. They still uh, have praise. So all of the Psalms or almost all of the Psalms have some element of praise. In fact, some scholars, and I actually like this, Break the Psalms into just two groups. Lament, 
which are prayers, let me see if I can read that, of pain, confusion, anger, that draw attention, uh, I need my glasses, to what's wrong in the world and ask God to do something about it. And, and the other extent of that is praise, prayers of joy and celebration, drawing attention to what's good in the world and, and retelling the story of God and what he's done and uh, gratitude. So I see that lament and praise kind of form the bookends of our emotions, Amen. all right? And so if the Psalms embrace lament, which is like the, the furthest in the negative realm, all right? It's utter discouragement and hopelessness. Uh, and praise is ecstatic joy and gratitude and thanksgiving and celebration. And the Psalms reaches from the depth of emotional experience to the height of emotional experience. And therefore, praise and the Psalms include every emotional state in between. Right? There's nowhere on the, sta- uh, on the scale of emotions and uh, 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 where you're at uh, emotionally in dealing with your life that there's not a psalm that speaks to that and speaks of that, right? It's the fullest uh, uh, and broadest expression of what it means to be a human living in a world that's ripped apart by sin and, and sorrow and pain, but also of joy and of righteousness and hope. Okay, and that's life, folks. If you're wanting life to be steady, eddy, everything's the same, never get ruffled, you're not going to find that in life. That's not, it's just not real. Life has times of deep sorrow and deep and great joy, and that's, and learning how to manage that is called maturity. All right? When you're immature, you get overwhelmed with a bad mood and give up. Or you go over the board with joy and do something stupid and end up feeling bad about it. (laughs) All right, maturity is learning how to balance lament and praise and every emotional state in between. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one of the goals of this series as we've talked about the different elements, the different uh, types of psalms, is to learn what they are and how to use them as a model, listen please, as a model for expressing our emotional emotions and our spiritual and emotional and, and mental state to God. Okay? We, we need to learn from how scripture and how saints of old expressed how they were dealing with all of the trials and tribulations and all of the good things of life so that we can likewise express how we're doing and communicate and interact with God in a genuine way throughout the the ups and downs of life how to praise him, how to take refuge in him, how to trust in his promises, and how to delight in his, in his presence, in his word. You know, emotions, in most cases, are neither good nor bad, right nor wrong. 
but just how you feel. Okay, it's how, you know, be angry, the Bible says, but don't sin. In other words, that emotion of anger is not right or wrong, but how you respond to it. If in your anger you punch someone, well, then you sin, all right? Or you swore at someone, you curse them, then you sin. But if you feel the anger and you take it to the Lord and say, God, I'm angry. This isn't fair. Well, you just moved into righteousness. Okay, you become a psalmist. Yeah, pretty cool, huh? (laughs) See, we are emotional. How many people are emotional in here? You know, some people say, I'm not emotional. That's actually a problem. (laughs) It is. I forget the term for it. But there's a psychological term for when someone just, their emotions get turned off. Uh, And it's usually because they've had such intense pain that they just can't handle it. And so they just turn a switch and they don't feel anything. I've known people that have told me that they haven't felt, they don't feel happy or sad. They they can't remember the last time they felt anything. And I'm going to tell you, that's the most sad place anyone could ever be. That's worse than being depressed. Okay, because they're just numb. Right. Um, there's a, there is a there is a medical condition where people lose the sense of pain and neuropathy, and some people have that, and they could they could set their hand on a hot a stove and not realize their their flesh is burning until they smell it. Right. Well, that's what not feeling your emotions is like, and so you can do something that. Heart hurts you or hurts others emotionally and not even be aware of it. And it's not healthy to be disconnected from our emotions. Learning that our emotions are valid and important and discovering ways to use emotions to communicate and deepen our intimacy with God is essential in order to grow as a Christ follower. Did you hear that? It's not rejecting your emotion, but embracing your emotion. They make the difference. Pete Scazzaro is really well known for his work in the area of emotional wholeness and health. And he writes in his book, Emotional Healthy Spirituality, uh, emotional health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. It is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And one of the biggest problems in the church is a a false dichotomy between spirituality and emotion. And so people think they can be spiritual by prophesying or singing loud or or going to church, but then be out of control of their emotions at home, either being angry or manipulative or or, uh, in other ways uh, not handling their emotions well. That's, That's just immaturity, spiritually and emotionally. The other quote is, ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality. And reality is where we meet God. Emotions are the language of the soul. They are the cry that gives the heart a voice. See, language is the... uh, 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 you know, words are the uh, language of the intellect, the mind. But emotions is the language of the soul. And we're not one or the other, we're both. 
and learning how to integrate them is absolutely essential to getting to the place of spiritual health and being able to grow as a Christ follower and just as a human. (laughs) All right. Somebody say, that's good, Cameron. All right. So there are six primary words translated praise. I thought, well, we'll just do a word study of praise and go over the six primary Hebrew words. And the first one, y'all should know, there's some words in Greek and Hebrew that as Christians, as Bible uh, students of the Bible, you know, you don't have to learn Hebrew. You don't have to learn Greek. That's <clears throat> uh, very difficult. You can if you want. Uh, but there's a few words that you, you really should be familiar with. And halal is, is, is one of them. It is the most used Hebrew word for praise. Most of the time you see the word praise in the Old Testament, it's halal. 140 times, but if you include the derivatives, it's almost 200 times it's used. It means to be clear as in transparent or to shine. That's the, that's the translation I like. Like to be radiant, to shine, to glow. Have you ever seen somebody that's just glowing in the natural? You just look at them, you know, uh, uh, there's different states that often, you know, someone falls in love, someone's pregnant. I mean, there's no way around it. They're just glowing. You know, it's just uh, someone that's joyful. They're just glowing. And, 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 and I don't know how to explain this, but sometimes when I'm, I'm, I'm either in a good mood, I'm really happy, or I'm, I'm, I've just had an encounter with God, I'll be out in a public place, and it's interesting that people will just say, talk to me, you know, or, or, or be nice, and I, you know, but a lot of the other times they're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm like, and I've realized that, you know, it's often when I'm like excited I, I, on this big, long motorcycle trip <clears throat> that I took last year after I handed over the church, um, a, a lot of it I didn't plan. I intentionally didn't plan it. And my route changed because uh, California was on fire. <clears throat> and, <laughs> and so I had to reroute. And so I'm driving through a part of the country I uh, had I didn't know much about it was uh, Idaho, I think it is, and uh, and I pull off to get a hotel for that night, and and from the highway to the hotel, I go over there's a bridge and there's this massive gorge, like almost Grand Canyon scale, okay, and, and but Grand Canyon is all brown and everything, and the bottom of this one uh, one it was green. I thought, but I was exhausted. I just went out of bed. <clears throat> I thought, wow, that's cool. And I pulled in a hotel, and I sleep. Uh, in the morning, I'm going to stop. And I get off the bike, and this is, you know, this is four weeks, no, three weeks into the journey. Um, and I pull off. There's a little parking lot, and you can walk out. And this other guy is standing there, and he says, yeah, this is a Snake River Gorge. I'm like, wow, I never even knew Idaho had something like this because a lot of Idaho is flat. I mean, it's, it's completely flat, and then there's this crack in the surface of the earth that goes down, I don't know how far, but it's a long, long way, all right? And I thought of Greg Miller because I could see a golf course. <laughs> I thought Greg would love to play golf on that golf course. 
<laughs> seriously. I'm like, you could see it because you know how golf courses they have that pattern. And I mean, and I could see the whole golf course because it was so far away and, and the river and houses and buildings, but it was long, long way, way up. I was up on his rim. And there's this guy, he was like, <clears throat> he was there taking some pictures and he was like, yeah. He said, right over there is where Evil Knievel uh, tried to jump it. Okay. And if you're old like me, I watched that live on TV. This guy who was crazy would use my motorcycles to jump things. All right? And this was his, grand, his, his biggest jump. He, he tried to jump to Grand Canyon, but they wouldn't allow him. But uh, they, uh, the people that were in control of the Snake River Gorge said, yeah, you can do it. And he built this motorcycle that was really kind of a rocket. And he got about halfway and, and went down and parachuted out. He's okay. <laughs> uh, <coughs> And I was like, I remember watching that as a kid in the 70s. And here I am looking at it. He says, yeah, the, the ramp is still there. You can go watch it, see it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I'm walking back to my motorcycle to, to go on the rest of the trip. And this couple gets out of their car and they're like, oh, honey, I didn't even know this was here. And I said, yeah, I didn't know this was here either. In fact, it's a Snake River Gorge. And guess what? This is where Evil Knievel tried to jump over. And you probably don't remember. And so I'm talking about this, and she starts taking pictures of me. <laughs> she said, I'm sorry, but I just want to, you're just so enthusiastic. Some strangers got pictures of me going. <laughs> I was glowing. All right? And that's what this word means. I've seen something that blows my mind. I didn't know I'd ever experienced this. I didn't know it was here. I just stumbled across it. I stumbled across the majesty of God. I stumbled across his mercy. I discovered how awesome he is, how delicate he is, how tender he is, how powerful he is, how mighty he is. And you just go, wow, that's halal. And that's from where we get hallelujah. How, how, how being from halal and Yah being the name of God, Yahweh. Okay. I will declare your name. This is just one of the 200 places it's used. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will halal you. I will get excited and glow at the knowledge of who you are. That's what praise is, folks. But it's also, uh, the two of the derivatives are uh, tehillah, which is used 57 times. It just means laudation. And, and to laud something is to honor, extol, to admire. And particularly a hymn. And a hymn, as opposed to a spontaneous song, is a song that's written out intentionally, all right? And has, uh, you know, it's thought through, it has stanzas and choruses and all that, as opposed to just a spontaneous, like, chorus, which, you know, they're organized too, but hymns particularly are written to extol and to express admiration of God. And uh, this, this psalm is very important it's Psalm 23, I'm sorry, 22.3. You are holy, enthroned in the hymns or the praise or the admiration of your people, of Israel. So <clears throat> from this, we learn that God actually, <laughs> the word enthroned is in many translations translated, in, you inhabit. You inhabit the praises of your people. 
So when we praise God, God is present there. Okay? If you're in a place where you don't sense God or you sense evil, start praising God, and you will bring the manifest presence of God into that place. That's what we're going to do in Japan. Those of you that are coming with me, I'd like one more. Oh, two, maybe. Uh, we have four going to Japan, but we go into temples where they've been worshiping demons. Uh, there's no other way around it. When you walk into it, you'll see the statues, and, and they just look like demons. They don't even hide it. For thousands of years, and we sing aloud praise and worship God. Okay, why? Because God is present there. All right? And you can do that wherever you are. If you're at work and you're having a bad day, start singing praise. And God inhabits that place. Number three, it's only used two times. It's not used in Psalms. <clears throat> it's also a derivative of uh, halal, and it's halul. <laughs> uh, and it means harvest, to be merry, to praise. Uh, this is in Leviticus uh, 19.24. In the fourth year, all of its fruit shall be holy, a praise to the Lord. So the harvest from that year was actual praise. Okay? It was a form of of praise and 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 that's really the basis for giving offerings is it's a means of praise and now uh except for today i saw some people bringing in food i'm like oh you're bringing in your vegetables <laughs> normally we transfer the uh, you know, transform our, our labor into money but that money represents our labor and our time and our sweat and our hard work that we give a portion of as a means or a way to praise the Lord. Number four, uh, main use of the word, used over 100 times, is yada. And that I'm probably mispronouncing all this. If someone actually knows how to pronounce Hebrew, great. Glad you do. <laughs> I love this one because it literally means to hold out your hands or the physically to throw especially to revere and worship with extended hands. Uh, uh, lift up your hands. Yeah. You're doing it! Hallelujah! Yada! 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 Yeah. And so, and um, it is, I am very aware of the difficulty uh, young Christians or people new to the faith have in raising their hands, because it's not something, you know, that's normal to get in a room of strangers and, and lift up your hands unless someone has a gun. <laughs> you know, and that's not Yadah. <laughs> uh, that's something else. <laughs> uh -huh. But uh, this, and so, you know, often they'll start like this, and then they'll go like this, and they'll go like this, and like this, you know. But, you know, it's just, and there's something freeing about it. It's like, I give up, <laughs> you know, I praise you. It's, it's, it's moving your body in a way that expresses something, you know, or doing it out of obedience if you don't feel it. That's even more powerful, folks. Okay? I will freely sacrifice you. I will lift my hands to praise you, your name, O oh Lord, for it's a good, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to lift your hands. Uh, Paul says that in the New Testament as well. Number four, oh, that was number four. Number five is uh, 
uh, uh, Zomar, Zomar, <laughs> 42 times. I, I love this one too because it's so specific. To touch the strings or part of a musical instrument, uh, that is to play upon it, to make music accompanied by voice, hence to celebrate in song and music, give praise, sing forth praises. So musicians, when you touch your instrument, you're actually doing this form of praise, this zamar, just by touching it. That's an act of worship. And you know why? I've tried to learn, my wife will testify, every few years I get out a musical instrument of some form and give it a try. And I rediscover that I'm horrible at it. <laughs> but you know, I just did it again. I got, I got, I got a, what's it called? A ukulele. <laughs> I found it. I looking all over. I knew we had one in the house. I found it in my closet. And I, I got my guitar tuned up. I have a guitar. I have a four-string guitar because they're easier than six-string guitars. <clears throat> but I haven't started practicing yet. And I know I'll do it for a while and realize it's just you're just really bad at it. But when I touch those strings, I am zamaring. I started doing that years and years ago, 25 years ago, when we were doing long prayer services where I'd be alone in this room for six or 12 hours. And there's a point at which listening to recorded music just got boring. And so I learned how to play basic Strauman chord progressions just so I could do something differently. You can do it too. Even if it's just tapping a stick on a, on a plastic bucket or something. Find some way to make music, okay? I will sing a new song to you, O God, on a harp of ten strings. I will zamar to you. All right. <clears throat> and I love the fact that some people are skilled at it, and they, it's praise because they've invested so many hours and so much. I had a, a skilled uh, musician <clears throat> who's this amazing keyboardist, and he once said, uh, people always come up to me and say, say that they, they really wish that they could play like I play. And he, he responded, he said, I, w I often will tell them, no, you don't. You don't want that. And they'll go, yes, I do. And I said, well, if you really wanted that, you'd spend three to four hours a day practicing like I do. I'm like, well, well put them in their place. <laughs> but it's true. Musicians have to, that's why it's praise, because they've invested something into it, and so it has value. So if you invest in the business and you are able to make money, that's how you can express this, okay? Or if you're really good at fixing cars or, or building something, you can use those, those skills to express praise to God. Uh, <clears throat> number six is Shabbat. Look at that. To address, I like this one, in a loud tone, figuratively to pacify. I'm not sure how that works. It's like shouting them down, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but to commend, to glory, to praise, the idea is that it's loud. And the, and the idea of triumph, you know? It's like, we won! Yeah! Your team scores. It's like, yay! Everybody erupts. That's, that's Shabbat, okay? 
say, and this psalm has three different of the words we've referenced. Uh, Save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from among the Gentiles to give thanks, that's that Yadah, to your holy name, the triumph, that's this one, Shabbat, in your praise, the Hilah, one of the derivatives of, of Halal. All right? And so uh, uh, we praise God in all these different forms. And it's somewhat unfortunate that English, uh, uh, you know, just puts them all into the word praise because we don't have as many words for that. But we need to understand that biblical praise includes all these different types of expressions. <clears throat> now, it's really important, important principle here. If you just learn information about the Bible, that doesn't make you a better Christian. It might make you a better Pharisee. All right? And so learn the information, but you need to do it. Okay, so when you implement into your life, when you live what the Bible teaches, then you become a, a better Christian, a Christ follower, and not just a, a better Pharisee. And so the idea here is that our words, our posture, whether it be bowing down, it's another worship, the Hebrew word for worship, most often translated worship, is actually to prostrate, to lie down with your face on the ground, to kneel or to lie flat. Um, that's worship, not praise. <clears throat> so your posture, your actions, uh, and music can all express and evoke emotions. All right? You know, if you're happy about something, you want to play happy music. If you're in a good mood. You get in your car, and it's something, you know, ah, it's not, that's not the right music. All right? And you change, pull out that cassette, put it in a different cassette. Pull out your phone, flip it to a different playlist. Because you're happy, we're going on a road trip, right? <clears throat> but if you're in a bad mood, just found out some bad news, you're just not feeling happy, you know, you play the blues, you know, or something instrumental, or, you know, there's just different m music that you align. But, <clears throat> and so these are appropriate ways to express our feelings. And what we're thinking about, what, what's on our mind, what's in our life. But these can also evoke feeling, right? So if you're down, you're feeling blue, you know, if you put on upbeat, happy music, that can have an effect on you, yeah. all right? If you're just kind of in the doldrums and you go into a friend's house or a restaurant and they got, that's kind of cool, you know, and pretty soon you're, you're feeling different. That's because it has the power to change where you are emotionally. And so it's important. And then understanding that your physical body, your emotions have a huge, you are, you're not just a brain. Your muscles and all the stuff, all right? And so when you move your body, it actually affects your emotional state. Uh, you know, often people don't have any energy. Well, you're sitting around all day. What do you expect? You know, you need to get up and move because that actually changes your body chemistry. And sometimes you just need to discipline yourself to do it. Uh, and if you have problems, go to a doctor, all right, and find out. But moving and lifting your hands and declaring God's goodness in the times of difficulty can cause you to 
feel differently. Praise can lift us up and redirect us spiritually and emotionally, all right, and change our inner and outer circumstances. Remembering the good things that God has done, either historically, Jesus died on the cross, great, but you know what? Uh, Jesus uh, uh, revealed himself to me when I was 19 years old, and I've committed my life to him, and it's completely changed the trajectory of my life. That was amazing. Jesus enabled me to meet my wife, and we, had a, a, we have an amazing family. You know, thank God for that. Jesus has given me all of my friends and uh, spiritual family what a wonderful thing. I am so grateful for, for, for Jesus giving me two motorcycles. Hallelujah! Seriously, I mean, I'm very grateful. I recognize it's a gift, and I want to steward it well. All these things, they make me glow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, but we, we, we remember those things and say, God, thank you. Because it caught when I'm feeling blue and somebody gets this, something happens that discourages me, I think about those things. I talk about those things. I get on my motorcycle and I use my body to, to experience it, and it cause it changes me emotionally. Psalms is often called the hymnal of the Bible, but that's uh, not accurate. It is more accurate to call it the prayer book of the Bible, and that's why we don't have very many in songs of lament, and we don't really don't want it. Why, oh God, why you less suffer and die, suffer? You know, this is not happy. <laughs> but it's like the most of the Psalms, that's what it's saying. So it's, it's, that is appropriate for prayer. And so integrate, application, integrate all of these different types into your prayers. This week, discover ways of praying wisdom. In your prayers, God, thank you for your wisdom. You created a, uh, the world in which, you know, plants grow and produce food. How amazing is that? Incorporate thanksgiving, expressing gratitude. Incorporate lament. Don't complain to other people. Complain to God. All right? You know, when you complain to people, it's a sin. Now, there's some situations where it's appropriate to talk to people about your problems. Absolutely. But if it turns into complaining, you know, it's not a good thing. But if, you, if you're speaking to God, it, it's a holy thing. Isn't that interesting? You can say the same thing to God, and it's holy. But if you say it to other people, it's sinful. There's a deep lesson there, folks. Royal. Learn how to declare that God is, is king of kings, Lord of lords, and Different ways to do that. Uh, praise, uh, incorporating all these other things into shining and celebrating, getting loud and lifting your hands, all the things that we ex- explained. Uh, Psalm 104 says, enter, We enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. When we praise and when we're thankful and when we when we do not just read what other people do, Psalms and the Bible is a, a record of what other people experiencing God and doing things. Uh, when we learn from that and do it, then we enter into his gates and into his court. We come before him when we practice these things. I believe that praise changes circumstances. 
in whatever circumstance you are, if you begin to incorporate all these different aspects of praise, the circumstances, now remember, there's outward circumstances and inward circumstances. So sometimes the outward circumstances don't change until your inward circumstances change. And sometimes the outward circumstances don't change, but your inward circumstances changes your perspective, and you see them in a whole different way. And so you can be in victory, you can be victorious in the midst of seeming defeat because you are praising God and you are standing in His courts. Okay? <clears throat> now, if this next song doesn't make you stand to your feet, dance, and get excited for Jesus, you need to make an appointment with your doctor because you may be dead. Listen, has anybody ever felt like the only reason you still here is by the grace of God? Come on. I should have been dead and gone to God's heart. But I'm still here. Glory! 
Yay. Yay. My grandson's looking at me like, what are you doing? But if we played Baby Shark, he'd be all over it, wouldn't ya? Amen, amen. Well, thank you, Jesus. We praise you because you are worthy, the only one that's worthy. You care about us. You care about our emotions. You put this whole book in the Bible so that we could learn about our emotions and we could pray through our emotions. We could give you glory and praise in every circumstance. You are so good. You are so good and we are so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen.